When we moved from Aruba to Sweden, we weren't really sure what to do with our home in Aruba. We didn't want to sell the space that had so many memories and offered us a place to stay when we returned to the island. But what else could we do after moving internationally? That's when my husband came up with a brilliant plan. We can become hosts on Airbnb. Since starting this, I can officially say my husband had the best idea ever. The process of getting our property on Airbnb was so easy. We were able to ask other hosts for tips and got a lot of great feedback. And actually, we still get tons of good feedback and we're constantly improving our space. And Airbnb is really flexible. You just choose the dates you want to host. So if you don't have a full-time rental property like us, that's perfect too. Hosting on Airbnb is great for anyone who frequently travels or has the extra space or has a seasonal house or even someone who always goes away at the same time of year for family traditions or work events. We all know the cost of living is excessive right now, so you can get more out of your space when you host on Airbnb. The added income has been so important for my family and has given my husband a project to manage that he genuinely enjoys. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you ever send money abroad? Well, if you do, check out TransferWise. TransferWise is the best way to send money overseas for several reasons, but the biggest is the exchange rate. When you send money with other and older methods, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate, like the one on Google. They mark up that rate and pocket the difference. But at TransferWise, they say, if the rates pretend, you must not send. TransferWise is different. It was started by two immigrants who were tired of getting ripped off when they sent money home and they were determined to fix the system. They developed smart tech. They hired clever people. In seven years and over four million customers later, their company TransferWise gives you the real exchange rate every time. You can send between 70 different currencies. You only pay a small upfront fee and more money gets to the other side. TransferWise also has free multi-currency accounts that lets you hold over 40 currencies at once and convert them whenever you like. And a referral program that rewards you for spreading the word. For someone like me from Sweden, living in Aruba, constantly traveling, this is a dream. It's the fairer, friendlier future of finance. Try saying that 10 times fast. Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl and my third podcast recording of the day. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I, I've had so many technical difficulties today, you guys. I can't even, can't even explain it. And as with every time when I sit down to record this podcast and something weird happens and then I end up recording something and it doesn't work and I start over, I end up in a place where I have a major epiphany at the end. So I'm in a space right now where I just kind of immediately trust like nothing is working and now here I am talking again into this microphone. Um, I'm expecting an epiphany at the end of this show. Universe, do you hear me? Epiphany, now. <laughs> Serenity, now. Man, how are you guys doing? How are you? How are you? I hope you're well. Hope you've had a really great um, start of the year. I have had an awesome start of the year. I feel kind of hyper, kind of crazy energetic right now, kind of intense and wild. So how about we take a moment just to center ourselves and ground. So wherever you're at, you can, okay, so not wherever you're at. If you're driving, definitely don't close your eyes, keep your eyes open. But even if you're driving or you're doing something else while you listen to this show, you can always make a little more space for yourself to ground into the body. So if you're out and about or out for a walk or a run or driving a car, just Take a few breaths and see if you can feel what's moving through your body in this moment. Just become very present with yourself. So direct a little more attention inward. And it's absolutely possible to do that without closing your eyes. So just wherever you're at, feeling the body and what the body is doing, what the body is feeling, what the body is sensing right now. Meaning if you're sitting down, just noticing the seat beneath you. If you're standing up or if you're in movement, feeling what that feels like. Let's take a few deep breaths just to really anchor into the here and now. So the practice of yoga, as we all know, making our way into the present moment. Finding these tools for, for liberation, for enlightenment, for realization, for, for God, for what, whatever it means to you. Um, you can take little bits and pieces of this practice that, we, that we're so immersed in and kind of sprinkle them out throughout your entire day. That's what I, what I like to do. 
Um, even just now, you know, if you're sitting somewhere quiet and you're in a, in a quiet space, you can close your eyes and let's take a cleansing breath, filling all the way up, inhale, open the mouth, exhale, and see if you can feel your heart beating, if you can sense that there is some space between your breath between the inhale and the exhale, slowing that space down a little bit, actually slowing everything down a little bit. And if you bring all of this attention inward, how are you feeling right now in your heart? What's moving here? Are you feeling happy, feeling sad? Are you stressed? Are you calm? Are you everything all at once? See if you can, for just a moment, whatever is there, whatever is present, let it stay. Let yourself be with everything that already is. And the next time you inhale, maybe you can breathe a little more space in toward the bottom of the belly so you really feel some warmth there, some presence there in that space beneath your belly button. And then try to exhale from that same place and take a couple of breaths just like that. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. So I call this just a little drop in, <laughs> a little drop in, a little check in. And, you know, we have the, actually all of us, we have the, the ability to do this every day, several times a day, um, depending on what I'm moving through, sometimes 20, 30 times in a day, I'll just kind of stop, close my eyes, place my hands on my heart and and take a moment to drop in, just to tap into the breath, just to feel whatever I'm feeling in that moment. And it's a really, it's a really anchoring practice. It's very, very grounding to have moments throughout the day where you remind yourself that you actually reside in the here and now, that your life is present right here. Not in the endless to-do list that plays out in your mind every day. Not in the fear or anxiety or worry you have about tomorrow or the regret you have about yesterday or the judgments and all the stuff that kind of passes through our minds at any given moment of every day. That's not your life. You know, your life is what's here now. So your life is in this moment listening to my voice. This is life. Your life is sitting or standing or driving or whatever you're doing right here, right now, whoever is around you, whatever is unfolding in this moment, this is your life. So how can you direct awareness here now? And essentially, this is the, the practice of yoga, right? This is the, the practice of realization, of, of cultivating that ability to be so present, so, so, so present. And then also being forgiving and soft with ourselves when we lose that ability to stay present and we come back. And that's the practice. We bring ourselves back again, again, again. So I'm back. <laughs> and that's that's what's so cool about this practice, you guys. It doesn't take that much. It's not like you need to go purchase a six-week, you know, class pass to some studio and immerse yourself in a teacher training or become enlightened and become a shaman or you know, it doesn't have to be this crazy thing that you have to do. Um sometimes it's just the practice of dropping in. And then we realize that everything else we do in a day when we're not dropping in, when we're not present, that's challenging, right? It's just that we have this mind that's kind of in the way a lot of the times that tell us that this is important. No, this is important. No, do this. No, think about this. Focus on this. Work through this. But no, here, here, this is important. Just being here now. And for me personally, the, the ability to drop in, some things make it easier than others. Um, I have cultivated throughout motherhood since becoming a mom, this really actually very beautiful ability to stay super present with Lea Luna. And I mean, I know any mother, father listening, I'm, I'm sure we all, we all share this, but when we're fully immersed and present with our children and, you know, with nothing to think about, nothing to do, nothing to worry about, um, when we allow ourselves maybe just to drop onto the floor and play with them, um, that's meditation, <laughs> you guys, that's a little piece of enlightenment right there, just being present with our children. I swear. And there's something that shifts in that moment. I've had, Leah Luna has given me, she gave me an epiphany yesterday. Actually, she gives me little miracles, little epiphanies with her every day. 
We are in a super challenging place. Okay. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. She is, she's a tiny little terrorist right now. (laughs) She's a tiny little terrorist. She's fucking crazy. Okay. She is almost two years old and she entered a phase where she's nuts. (laughs) And I know that this is normal. I know it's nothing weird or strange or whatever. Like, you know, I've heard all about the terrible twos and the terrifying threes and the fearsome fours and all this stuff. I just kind of thought we would be spared because my baby's special. Don't we all think we will all be spared because our babies are special? Um, no, she's just, she's been so easy up until now. Like we've almost, we've had no real like issues. She's never, you know, she's super happy, super chill, super calm all the way through. And then all of a sudden, and actually it came right around the time, like right before I went to New York. So I, I don't know if this is related to the fact that I left. We've been joined at the hip for the past like month and a half. And then I took off to New York and all of a sudden she started throwing things. <laughs> I, uh, I I kid you not. Like the day I left to New York in the morning and, you know, she saw me packing and all that stuff. So I, I think she kind of, you know, you know, obviously understood that I was going somewhere. And she just took her breakfast and it was a big bowl of yogurt and granola and she just hurled it across the room. And all of us were like, <gasps> like, Looney, like, what are you doing? Like, stop that. We don't throw our food. Like, no, food goes on the plate. What the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Stop it. And of course, it became a thing because like she hurled an entire bowl of yogurt across the room. Like there's yogurt everywhere. And then I left. And then it said when I left and I went to New York, she had a major meltdown of some sort also related to food. I don't know if it was like he wanted her to eat her food or I don't know what it was exactly because I wasn't there. But she had like a meltdown and wouldn't stop crying for 10 minutes, which is a really long time for a baby to be upset for. I mean, for us, that's like, I mean, it's like 10 years. It's, it's the longest time ever. And then she was happy. And then all the way when I was gone, she was happy all the time every day. But she had like a couple of moments where she would take her food and like throw it. And that was it. And then I come home from New York. The first thing that happens is we're going to sit down for dinner. I prepare her food. We sit down and I'm like, okay, let's enjoy our food. Here you go. And she looks me in the eye, takes her plate of food and just throws it at me. Like while staring me down. <laughs> Seriously, who does that? <laughs> who does that? A toddler does that. That's who. And I'm like, what? Like, she's never done that in, in my life before. I mean, never. Like, this was like this very clear. Like, she knows what she's doing isn't right. She's looking me in the eye as she's doing it. And she's throwing it at me. So it was kind of like a, you know, you you left me for five days. Here you go. And then this has been this has been what's been going on since then. I've been home for a couple of days. Every single meal we have has been a struggle since then. And of course, now I've done all this Googling and asking questions and advice from people. So I've, I've kind of figured some stuff out now. And the first thing that I realized that we were doing wrong, of course, is that we made it like a huge thing. Like, no, we have to set boundaries. Of course, we, you know, we can't ignore this behavior. We have to show her this is wrong. So if she threw something, I would, you know, kind of remove her from the situation, take her off of the chair, go go to another room and look her in the eye and say, that's bad. You know, no, ayabaya, we say in Swedish. It's like, no, no, we don't throw our food. We eat our food. You cannot continue eating your food if you're going to throw it. Like I'm like trying to set a boundary. I don't know how to set a fucking boundary. You guys, I've never set a boundary in my life. <laughs> Try to set a boundary for me and I will like hunt that boundary down and cross it immediately. Like I, I don't know what boundaries are. I have no boundaries in my own life. How am I supposed to know how to set them? Obviously, I, I totally suck at this part of parenting. But we try to do that. And then a bunch of people were saying, you have to really show her she's not boss, you're boss. And I was trying to be this stern person for like two or three days. And the sterner I was, the more I was trying to like, no is no. And this is what we do. We don't do this. It is unacceptable. Someone was like, you have to find her a timeout spot. And I'm like, timeout? What the fuck is that? And I Google like timeout is a thing where your baby misbehaves and you like (laughs) take them someplace else to like a designated area of the house where they're on timeout, which I guess when they're on a timeout, they're not allowed to do anything fun. They're just going to sit there. Well, what if you have a 21 month old who doesn't give a shit about timeout? (laughs) She's like, she's not old enough to understand the concept of stay there. But I would like put her like (laughs) on the other side of the dining room. Like you sit down and she's like, okay, mama. And she's like, gets a book and she sits there and she reads and she's all joyful. I'm like, this is, this. I don't think the concept is like sinking in here. This is, does not feel like punishment at all. And the idea of punishment to me is totally, totally goes against like anything I've done, you know, like parenting wise. Like we haven't 
done anything like that because it just feels off. But this was our first couple of days of, of living with this tiny two-year-old terrorist. So, I don't know, day three of having every, you know, she would be like, milk, mommy, can I have some milk? And I'm like, okay. And then I pour her milk and I just pour like a little bit. And I'm like, honey, you're going to drink the milk. She said, mm-hmm. I said, you drink the milk. Yes. You want the milk. Yes. And I give it in her hand. She looks me in the eye and throws it at me. <laughs> I'm like laughing at it now, but I'm sure you can imagine the 11th glass of milk thrown at my head. I'm not laughing. Like I'm not happy anymore. Like it's not fun at all. And then I just, okay. I'm like, I have to, I have to read a proper parenting book. I need like some proper, proper, proper advice. And I made my way to, I don't know. What's the, like, what was the name of this book? Who is she? She's this, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to find out and I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to it. But this parenting person, old school from like, I don't know, the 60s or 70s or something. And it was one single sentence that I read. I mean, this was online. I just read it and it's, and it hit me in this very deep part of my chest where I just all of a sudden figured everything out. It read something like this. The single most important cause behind behavioral issues in toddlers is lack of parental presence. And it... And I, I, I didn't read it as presence as like, are you there or are you not? I read it as presence as in, are you present or are you not? And something just clicked because we have had this thing where it's been kind of hard for her to finish all her food. So I don't know, the past like month or something, I've been alone with her at home. I put her plate of food in front of her and then I do something else. And I, I just, I, it didn't even hit me that that was probably not a good idea, but I've been like emptying the dishwasher or, you know, cleaning up the table or doing something else while she's eating just to like multitask because it, it takes the child like an hour to finish a bowl of yogurt. <laughs> like she's the slowest eater of all time. So I've just, you know, I've been multitasking and not, I, I haven't been present with her when she's been eating at all like at all at all. And if he's been really fuzzy with her food, where if we've had a few days where she like doesn't want to eat at all, I've put on like Peppa Pig and she sits there like a little zombie and she watches Peppa Pig and she eats all her food. And I didn't think that was like a huge deal because it's once in a blue moon and, and whatever. But just that sentence, like parent, like parental presence, as in, am I being present with her around her meals? And the past month, no, I have totally not been. And it's impossible for any parent to be 100% present with their child 100% of the time, but especially around food. And I used to be, we used to eat together where, you know, she had breakfast, I had breakfast and we sat there and we would talk or engage or play, you know, whatever. And now just uh, since I've became quote unquote, stay at home mom, I've had all these like tasks to do around the house all the time. So I haven't, I've taken that as time to get other things done. And, you know, of course, talking to her from like from the kitchen and, you know, walking around back and forth. But I think that me doing this has been super stressful for her and it's made her not able to be present and engaged with her actual eating. Right. But she's just like watching me move around the house and do different things and watching me divide my attention between all these different things and her. So it's just, I don't know. I'm like, man, for someone who's like, you know, I really pride myself at being super present with her all the time. And, you know, I don't, when we play, we play and I don't bring work into the situation and we spend so much time together. And I'm like, there's this huge piece of her life when, when she's eating, like she doesn't have that presence at all. She's just kind of left alone. And I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad. Like, of course, it's, you know, totally normal to to multitask and do other things when you have your baby around. Like, it's impossible. How else can you take care of a household? You know, it's not possible. But I just, this just struck a chord in me as a reason for her totally having, you know, all these outbursts of craziness. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try something. And this was yesterday. So yesterday evening, like we came home, we went biking and then we came home and I'm like, you know, I'm going to just prepare food with her on my hip which is where she wants to be all the time right now and then sit with her and just have a conversation and just be there. And we sat down and I'm like, honey, and you know, of course, because she's throwing every single meal now, it's become a thing where every time I put food in front of her, she looks at me, she's like, are you ready? Like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's play this game where I throw all my shit and you get upset. So I was like, and instead of doing that, I just put food in front of her. I didn't say anything. And I was like, hey, you know, did you like going to the beach today? And she looks at me and she's like, beach. And I'm like, yeah, did you have fun? Was it fun to swim? And she's like, yeah, swimming, swimming, my armbands. And she, you know, says her little toddler sentences that like we don't always understand. 
And we just start talking instead. And then she just starts eating and we're having this conversation and she's just looking at me and she's looking me in the eye and she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. And it was kind of like she honed in on me in a way where like, aha, like now you're here. And she just stared at me. Like, I can't explain it. She stared at me like she was just, I don't know, like, thank you, mom, for coming back and just being present with me right now. She finished her entire plate like immediately, no fuzz, ate her whole plate, drank all her milk, didn't throw a single thing. And then she said, all done, go room. And she's all done, let's go to the room. I'm like, okay. And we went to her room, like put on our PJs, brush our teeth, all of that. And we're sitting down to read. I'm going to cry when I say this now because she's, she's such a little, she's such a little guru, this one. And she's sitting on my lap and we're reading and I'm like, okay, this is the last book because we read 11 books. She's like, okay, last book. And then halfway through the book, she turns to me and she goes, mama, mama. And I'm like, what is it? And she puts her hand on my heart and she looks me in the eye and she says, rest now. <laughs> and she lays her little head on my chest and we laid there, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes with her hand on my chest, just resting against my head and just doing nothing. And I mean, she's almost two years old. She hasn't been still. I'm not kidding. She hasn't been still for a year. <laughs> I mean, she's never still. She's never, ever, ever quiet. She's never still. I mean, even when she's sleeping, she like hurls herself across the bed all the time. Like the, for her to just be totally quiet without being engaged in anything. You know, when we read and she's looking at stuff, she sits, but for her to be totally still and totally quiet and totally in one place and not move at all and just really be be fully still. We haven't had that in forever. And we just laid there and she just like had her little, like little hand on my chest. Like she was feeling my heart. And after like a long time, I'm like, is she asleep now? She never falls asleep on me hasn't ever in her life like needs her space to fall asleep and then Ringo came in the room and she was like Mingies, okay go night night and like she stood up and she went to the bed and asked to go in her bed and I put her down and she's like I love you and I'm like I love you <laughs> and I walk outside and I'm like crying I'm like Dennis like she's she's trying to like teach me things this child I don't know. And, and and it's so easy for me. That's the thing. If I'm not present in my own body and I don't have that practice of dropping in and being here and being still with me, I can't pick up on all of these super important cues that she's giving me all the time. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I fully believe in doing what feels good for you and practicing the art of not caring what other people think. For me, that usually means not shaving my legs or not wearing a bra some days, but there are other days when wearing a bra really feels good. And on those days, I usually wear my bra from Third Love. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designed its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. They offer double the number of sizes that most brands offer, an incredible 70 sizes with cups from A to H, including exclusive half cup sizes and bands up to 48. You can easily find the perfect one for you by taking Third Love's Fit Finder quiz and you'll be among 10 million women who have found their perfect size to date. In 60 seconds, your order can be placed and it's on its way to your house. With Third Love, the details do make the difference, from premium fabrics to expert design. They use ultra-soft fabrics, lightweight memory foam cups, straps that won't slip, and tagless labels to avoid itching and to create the most comfortable bra you will ever wear. Even more exciting, Third Love just launched their most requested style, cotton shirt, bras, and cotton underwear. It took two years to develop and perfect their cotton collection made from a premium cotton called Pima. The result is a line of incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable bras and underwear you will want to wear every day. Try a Third Love bra today and you might even then forget you're wearing it. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. Third Love knows there is a perfect bra out there for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off today. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. 
Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2 gram net carb herb croissant or the 1 gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. And she talks to me all the time. Of course, you know, the toddler talk and speak, but like spiritually, I'm not kidding. She speaks to me all the time. She's telling me all these things, giving me all these signs of where to go and what to do and how she's feeling. And it's so easy to miss them. That's the thing. And I'm going to blink and all of a sudden she's going to be 18 and she's going to be doing something totally different. And I don't know. I, I, I really feel like I've been floating between these areas of, of working all the time or being a stay at home mom all the time. And what does that mean? And this idea that if I'm home, the house has to be super clean all the time and I have to do all the laundry and I have to bake and do all this stuff that for, for these important moments of her day, which of course eating is a really important thing. Do I want her to grow up feeling rushed and stressed when she's eating or always doing something else while eating or, you know, no, I want her to just be in her body the same way I teach people to be in their bodies. And I have just, yeah, I can just totally see now how this has been a a really challenging thing for her and that this behavior of throwing things, it's totally directed at my inability to be super present with her during mealtimes over the past month. And so far, okay, this is day one of me (laughs) realizing this and just sitting down with her to eat and just being fully here. She hasn't thrown anything at me today. (laughs) She's sleeping now, but I've had zero tantrums, zero throwing of, of anything. And what if... What if this is all just her showing me how to live my life? Sometimes I feel like that's really the thing. So whenever I have an issue in terms of motherhood or something that's hard when it comes to raising my daughter, um, I can see that as a reflection toward myself as well, you know. So am I, how about my own meal times when I'm eating? How present am I with myself when I'm eating? Like, am, am I here? Am I not? No, not at all. I'm, I'm really bad at that, especially during the day. Evening time, you know, if I'm with Dennis and we're sitting down for dinner, it's 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 another thing. But I usually take lunch as, you know, it's, it's a really great time for me to get something done while getting something else done. So I'll eat and take a meeting or I'll, I'll um, eat and do, do my emails or I'll eat and, you know, do something else. So um, I feel like this is also just a really um, important thing of, I don't know, and I don't know if anyone else has that, where I, I sometimes think that things are more important for her than they are for me. You know, of course, I should be present with her, but, you know, with myself, it's not so important. Like, hey, you know, sometimes I make a bigger effort to cook her something really healthy, and then I'll grab whatever is in the freezer for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know and what about what about this space of self-love especially especially as parents when we're just split in so many places all the time and we're trying to get so many things done and it's really hard to find that quiet space and I feel like hey her giving me those 15 minutes of just kind of sitting on the floor in her room holding her like it's the best moment I've had all year. Okay. All year. It's like two weeks long, but still, still. So how can I, how can I cultivate more of that in my life? How can we all cultivate more of those spaces of quiet, of silence? And it's not always going to be with our babies, but I kind of think, or I'm getting really close to the fact that when I have a realization about something and it's real, she shows me that right away. Like that was just like a, oh, okay, you get it. Thanks. Let's stick to this right now. And then for sure, in like a month, it's all going to change and we'll have a different thing to focus on and whatever. But she's a little guru, this baby. And I love her so fucking much. I don't even know how to explain it. She's in this funny phase now where she just, she's wearing these sunglasses all the time. She wakes up and she's like, glasses, give me my glasses. And she wears her, these weird glasses. Like she looks hilarious all day long, refuses to take them off. And then (laughs) this morning she's wearing her glasses, looking all sassy. And like, I'm kind of annoyed at Dennis these days. Just he's, he's just been like a little bit annoying 
I don't know. But for instance, like this morning, we're kind of in a hurry. I'm like, you know, we're eating and getting the baby packed up for daycare and all this stuff. And then he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, okay. And then an hour later, the man is still in the bathroom. Like, seriously. And I'm like knocking on the door, no answer. So I open the door and he's like sitting on the toilet, not doing anything, just sitting there on his fucking phone. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get ready. Like, we got to go. Like, why are you just sitting here? Like, it's just like a a tiny thing, like very much a dad thing, I think. Um, Anyway, five minutes later, he comes outside and like, I like look at him. I'm like, what do you even do in life, Dennis? And then Leia Luna goes, yeah, Papa, what you even do in life? (laughs) And she said it with a sass, like, Papa, what you even do in life? Like, (laughs) copying my own voice. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. I almost peed myself a little bit. It's so much fun. Anyway, you guys, parenting is just, it's just the most, the most, the most amazing thing and the hardest thing of all time. And I find that I don't know if anyone has, you know, some really good tips or pieces of advice for, because of course, and people ask me that a lot because I share a lot of the like really beautiful moments I have with the baby. Like I'll share a 15 second snippet with her a couple times a day. And of course it's like, you know, it's not like if she's throwing a tantrum, screaming, freaking out, it's not, that's not the moment where I pull my phone out. Like, Hey, let's remember this moment and film it. Like, no, you know, if we're like doing something really casual and happy or she's singing and I'm like, Oh, this is cute. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll film it or share it somehow. So of course I end up sharing, you know, more of the positive than the negative. And someone was asking, oh, you seem to be so great at this motherhood thing. And like, you're doing everything right. And oh, like you have the best baby. And like, are you ever upset with her? Like, do you ever have hard times? And I mean, the 11th bowl of yogurt thrown at my head, like there's a part of me that could just like, I don't get to the place where I want to explode, where I'm like, oh my God, like where I want to yell or something. Like I still have, I'm pretty patient. There's this layer of love there for her that just kind of clouds everything all the time. So, I mean, she could probably get away with anything probably, but there are those moments where like, oh my God, this is all too much. I can't imagine what it would be like to have more kids than one. Seriously. Like imagine having this with one and then you have like a baby that's breastfeeding or needs a change or is crying or trying to sleep or whatever at the same time. Like people have multiple children all the time. I don't know how this is possible. So I can totally see not being able to stay patient or having really hard moments where it's just like, no, you know. And for me, like that 11th bowl of yogurt, it's more like, like I feel really frustrated with myself or like with Dennis. Sometimes I turn the frustration toward him. Like, like I'll say something like, man, like, because we didn't have this before I went to New York. I'm like, what did she eat? Like, how were meal times when I was gone? Like, what did you do? Like, did you do something when I was in New York? <laughs> That's making her throw all her food at my head. We're like, I know, like, if there's anything, it's probably that she was upset that I was away. And that's why she's throwing the food at me. She's not throwing food at anybody else. Like, obviously, it's me. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Getting life insurance is one of the more intimidating parts of becoming a full-fledged adult. I remember way back when I was a beach bum with Dennis in Aruba living off of money from SUP Yoga. Life insurance was the last thing on our mind. But now we are older, we have a baby girl, we have a house. Making sure our family is financially protected is too important to avoid. There are so many options, it's hard to know where to start. So Policy Genius created a website that makes it easy for you to compare quotes, get advice, and get covered without extra fees or commissioned sales agents. Policy Genius truly is the easy way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the coverage you need at a price you can afford. From there, you can apply online and the advisors at Policy Genius will handle all the red tape. They'll even negotiate your rate with the insurance company. It's all part of their best price guarantee. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. Whether you're shopping for disability insurance to protect your income, homeowner's insurance, or auto insurance, they can help you get covered fast. If you've been intimidated or frustrated by insurance in the past, try starting your search at policygenius.com. In minutes, you can compare quotes and apply. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life. So how can we turn that space or that really challenging moment of frustration or, or whatever around or turn it into something else? And My response to that is always, if it's really challenging and I don't have that many moments, but this doesn't, of course, not only applies to your kids and babies and everything, but any really challenging moment, like you have a crazy coworker that drives you insane or a mother-in-law or a father or brother or family or husband or whatever, um, 
really important piece is to remove yourself from the situation right away. <laughs> I mean, you can't really change much if you stay in the space that's triggering your frustration, especially if it's ongoing and more than this one little moment. Um, so if you can remove yourself from the situation. So when I had the 11th bowl of yogurt hurled at me, I was like, I'm going into the bedroom now. <laughs> and, you know, Dennis was there. So I'm like leaving the baby with him. And I sit on my bed and I breathe, take a moment. Like, obviously, I had to take a shower and just a little space so that I am cool and chill when I come back and don't feel like I'm angry or upset. Like, that's that always works. But then the second piece is that ability to drop in, right? To tune in and to instead of acting out, is to act inward or to tune inward instead. So... Obviously, what am I feeling right now? I'm super frustrated. I'm really angry. What is it? Holy shit. This is, of course, like no fun. Um, you know, she's screaming. She's crying. Like it's, it's a pain for everybody. But then if I really look into that, that feeling of frustration or anger, bigger than just the annoyance of having food thrown at my head is that there's a layer of worry there, right? Like she's not eating her food. Why is she not eating? Why is she throwing food at my face? What have I done wrong? Is she okay? Is she upset? What's happening? And there's all this worry, right, that I have there actually that's kind of becomes part of that frustration that makes everything feel way, 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 way worse. So the, the dropping in to feel our feelings and to check in with what's going on here now, it also usually gives me a little bit of a greater layer of understanding of why I feel the way I feel in that moment, if that makes sense. And I think that goes for, I mean, it really, it really goes for, for anything. I've been really into the 12 steps with AA. I don't know if anyone listening is, is, uh, knows about AA. I'm, I'm not in AA or, or, or an alcoholic or in recovery. My mom is in recovery and we talk about AA all the time and I have good friends who are in recovery and, I just think that the, the setup of AA is super cool and really works or really seems to work. And part of, part of the steps is, and I've seen people do this differently depending on where they're at. I actually, I'm, so I'm not a part of AA, so I, I can't speak to this so much. But there's one piece of it where you have to kind of go back into every interaction you've had with people in your life, like anyone you've ever known and any relationship you've ever had that sort of rubs up against you in a weird way or any relationship where you have a little bit of a feeling of like, ah, yeah, there's something challenging there, right? The slightest little hint of struggle or challenge in a relationship. You have to write that person's name down. And at the end of it, you'll see how many people we have that we've struggled with in our past. And this goes from like, you know, your first grade teacher to, of course, your parents and your siblings and everyone in your family, anyone who's wronged you, anyone who's hurt you, anyone you might have hurt, like every relationship where there's been something challenging. And then the, the part of the steps is that you make amends or you look at your part. So-and-so happened, this happened to me. Well, what was my part of that situation um, as a way of healing, right? As a way of closure, as a way of letting go, as a way of moving on. And I love this process. Like I love the idea of this so, 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 so much. And I have my own sort of way of that. Like I've never written all of this stuff down and looked back at my life at this greater whole. I would love to do that one day. But meeting every moment in that sense. So whatever person or situation or relationship that kind of rubs you the wrong way or that triggers you into feeling shitty or stressed or jealous or anything at all that isn't good, like that doesn't feel good, there's something super awesome there for you to work with. I mean, really, there's something there that, that, that can be turned around into something else. Like my frustration of over the baby throwing food at my face is actually mostly fear and worry of her not being okay, right? Which is obviously stems in a huge place of, of just love for her, right? So at the at the base of that frustration, there's just love. And when I bring my attention to that place, all that anger just kind of disappears. Like it, you know, transforms into something else. So what if we can meet every moment that way? And of course, we need a little bit of space. Like usually we have a situation happen or a person or something, something happens, triggers us. We get all upset, frustrated, sad, angry, da 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 da. And then all this space passes. And then, you know, we might be able to drop in or tune in or do a little bit of work or check in with what are these emotions actually rooted in? What am I feeling here now? And what does it really mean? And then when we get to that place, we can turn that situation around or find clarity in it. So I think that our work in this life is to shorten that space as much as we possibly can. So the greater the lag time between the drama <laughs> and the epiphany, 
the more pain we're going to feel in our lives. Ooh, I feel like I just, I just had an epiphany. <laughs> I just feel like I had a little epiphany. No, so really, the, the greater the lag time between the drama and the epiphany, the more pain and struggle we are going to feel and experience in our lives. And for some situations or for some of us or some relationships, we have a drama or a trauma or pain happen and we're still experiencing the lag time. We still haven't arrived at the place of clarity yet, you know, especially when it comes to like big trauma or abandonment or death or things that happened in our childhood that we're still living where we haven't been able to forgive or let go or move on or, or heal or close a chapter. And the more of those things that we kind of carry around, the heavier all of life is going to feel. So we have to have this practice of looking at our own emotional state all the time. We have to have this practice of dropping in, of tuning in, of exploring our inner state all the time. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Leah Luna and I love brushing our teeth together, but right now my mom is visiting us in Aruba and she's reminding me about how much I used to hate brushing my teeth when I was a kid. I guess Luna just makes everything more fun, but of course it helps a lot that our toothbrushes are from Quip. If you haven't heard me talk about it enough by now, Quip is the next level electric toothbrush that ensures you get the best brush with every use. With sensitive sonic vibrations, this toothbrush is gentle enough for all gums. Most people brush too hard or some electric toothbrushes are way too abrasive, but Quip has found that perfect balance. To help guide you through a full and even clean, Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds so you know when to switch sides. For added convenience, Quip has a multi-use cover. If you're at home, the cover mounts to your mirror to declutter your sink and your cabinet. But if you're on the go, it will protect your bristles, keep them clean, and make traveling with your electric toothbrush way easier. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association, and it was even featured on Oprah's O-List. That's because not only is Quip fun to use for the whole family, but it's a great way to start an important habit for your oral health. The cleanest mouth comes from Quip. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash yoga girl right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yoga girl. The, the, the other option or the only option aside from that is living a semi-miserable life. I'm, I'm saying this really harshly, but it's just for me, this is an absolute, absolute truth. You know, if you move through life and you're totally unconscious or reluctant to look at anything on the inside, to look at your part and why you feel the way you feel. If you go through life feeling like a victim, like all these terrible things keep happening to you and poor you and everything is out of your control. Actually, it's not true. You know, most of the things that happen to us are out of our control. But once they've happened to us, we have the control and a bit of responsibility to decide with what we do with that with that thing, right? What are we going to do with all of that emotion? What are we going to do with all that pain? What are we going to do now that this, the residue of this situation is now mine? It lives in my body. And whatever I choose to do with it is going to affect my well-being. So am I going to dwell on it for the rest of my life? Am I going to feel resentful about it for the rest of my life? Am I going to be angry about it for the rest of my life? Or can I drop into that place of self-inquiry? And sometimes that self-inquiry, you know, it takes a lifetime to, to really move through something really intense. And we can have realizations at one level and then... A year later, something deeper opens up and we realize like, whoa, this actually meant this and this is what I've been feeling and carrying. And that's why I act this way in relationships. And oh my God, everything makes sense. And I feel like I have those moments several times a year, the moments of, oh my God, everything makes sense. And the next year it's like, oh my God, this makes more sense. And I think honestly, this is what our spiritual practice is all about. This is it. So if you're able to keep that type of self-inquiry, it means you're going to live a life that's, that's conscious. It means you're going to be conscious of how you feel. It means you're going to be able to wake up in the morning and not feel like you have no control as into what, what comes your way, but feeling like you actually have a choice. And that's, and that's true. And I don't want to take anything away from, from anyone who's had horrible things happen to them. I've had horrible things happen to me that were totally out of my control and that I, you know, if I could change them or go back in time, like I definitely would, but I can't, right? So I'm here now. And the question is, what can I do with the cards that I've been dealt already? I'm, I'm sitting with them. I might as well, you know, look at my options before I decide everything is crap um, or look at my options before I decide to act out in some really intense way that might actually hurt me or hurt my relationships. 
So I can look at that situation with a, with a yogurt thrown at my head. If I didn't have that practice of dropping in and feeling, so if I was kind of just starting out on this, this journey and just beginning to pull at these threads of, of figuring things out and figuring my past out and my life out and my heart, um, it, it's, it might have been really, really hard to actually have some space. And by the 11th bowl of yogurt, I might have yelled at her, right? Like, stop this shit. Are you, you know, acted that anger out um, toward my baby. So if we don't have that practice of, 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 cultivating that ability, it's going to be really hard to do in the moment. But I think because I practice that all the time, it means that when those challenging, intense moments come my way, my gut reaction is to take a breath. And then maybe five minutes later, I still feel like yelling. <laughs> you know, of course, those things and those moments, they're, they're still going to happen, not with the baby, but maybe with other people or in other ways. Some relationships obviously are more challenging than others. But if that can be our gut instinct to take a breath and to tune in instead of to lash out, I really think it could change our it could change our our relationships in a really in a really beautiful way, and it's going to make all of life feel more purposeful. So, I don't know who you have in your life that might be a teacher like this for you. I have the, the biggest teacher in my life for sure by far is Leia Luna right now. I kind of feel like she's a little Buddha in disguise. <laughs> I kind of feel like all babies are little Buddhas in disguise. They just they just know. But your spiritual teacher might be camouflaged as someone totally unexpected. Your most important spiritual teacher right now might be the person you're struggling with the absolute most. You know that person? Can you think of them right now? Like who is the most challenging person in your life right now? Just think about them right now. You know who they are. What if that person, what if they, what if he or she is your most valuable key. What if they have a key or this situation or this relationship holds a key to unlocking this massive door to some absolute immensely important realization that you need to have, that you're ready to have about who you are and about your purpose in life and about what kind of person you want to be and about how to deepen your relationship with yourself and with people around you? What if that person and that relationship and that super challenging situation has the key to the most important thing ever? If you can look at it like that, would you change maybe how you're acting with that person or how you're receiving what they, sh what they share with you or at least what you're doing with the struggle of that relationship? Is there a way for you to take that and bring it inward versus acting it out instead of bringing drama or instead of perpetuating the drama? Is there a way for you to move a little bit closer to a quiet place where you can find clarity? I would love to to leave you with that because to me that's I know who my most challenging person is in life right now it's not Leah Luna she's a Buddha for me by far but I have other challenges <laughs> I also think it's easy to learn big spiritual lessons from the people we love right so what about the people that we think we don't love <laughs> what about them hmm what about the people we really can't figure out the people that drive us insane what about them what do they need what do we need from them and how can we take that and turn it into something really beautiful? There's a way, you guys, there's a way. I know it for sure, for sure. So let's all of us, oh, let's all of us take a really deep breath in and through the mouth, let it out. Now for your homework for this week. Ooh, I love saying that for your homework for this week. <laughs> For this week, we are now in from the heart session, from the heart class. Um, seriously, for your homework this week, if you know who your most challenging person is in your life, that person that really drives you almost insanely crazy, whether or not you are in communication with them or not, or there's just a passive person from your past, whoever that person is, I want you to take a moment today to sit down and write them a letter, to sit down and write them a letter. And it begins like this, dear name of said person. What I admire the most about you is, so dear, um, you know, whatever their name is, what I admire most about you is, 
And I want you to sit down and you can do this stream of consciousness style where you just start writing and you see what comes. Or maybe you sit down, you close your eyes for a moment and you really think about this person and whatever qualities they have that you really love about them or that you really admire about them or that your qualities they have that you wish you had more of, whatever you admire about them. And if there's someone that you really sort of almost hate or struggle with a lot, it's going to force you to enter a space where you have to really look at them with a different set of eyes, right? Where you have to really look at them with loving eyes, looking looking for their positive qualities, looking for qualities that they have that maybe you wish that you had or qualities that they have that you actually really love. Maybe there is a piece of them that you love a lot. And when we get stuck in this sort of situation where we focus so much about what doesn't work in a relationship or what we really don't like about the other person, sometimes we forget that there's beauty in that person too and there's love in that person too and there is something... There's something worthwhile in looking for that and in honoring and recognizing that. And maybe, 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 just maybe, you'll see that there's something that you have in common with that person too. And that whatever the real struggle is there is a key that you can use for something. So, dear you, what I admire most about you is... And you write, and you write, and you write... And I want to hear about it. So share it with me. If you write a letter, when you've written your letter, you don't have to post it, of course. You don't have to mail it. If you feel at the end of it, like this is turned into something beautiful and you want to mail it or email it to them or send it in a DM or share it or speak it out loud, by all means, do that. Oh, man. I've seen plenty really heavily challenging relationships turned around by just bringing a little bit of love into that same space. But um this totally works if it's just a private letter that you burn or throw away or keep in your notebook afterwards for for safekeeping so thank you for listening thank you for practicing thank you for feeling for for being here and sharing this space with me to drop in and tune in and do all of this work all the time and biggest thank you of all to Leia Luna for throwing all the yogurt at my head I I love you so much <laughs> I'll see all of you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find them all on yogagirl.com slash listen or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Third Love, Policy Genius, and Quip. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.